show me what's up. Somebody help me down. Somebody saw a silhouette of a man. Baby, can you dig your man? He's a righteous man. Baby, can you dig your man? Stephen King, The Stand. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes, Containment Edition. (laughs) Chris, if there's no WrestleMania, you can't quit. I'm going to add time on your contract like Dash Wilder. That's apparently a loophole I did not anticipate (laughs) when I made this announcement at Royal Rumble. I said I'd be quitting at WrestleMania. Twist. There's not really going to be a traditional WrestleMania, or there might not be a traditional WrestleMania. So whither does Chris go? At at press time, WrestleMania is up in the air because the Tampa mayor... I believe wants Vince McMahon to cancel it and Vince McMahon wants the Tampa mayor to cancel it. So it's, he has a streak going, Jeff. He, for 30, what, 35 years, 36 years, it has been unbroken and only one thing can stop him. Two things, death or the U S federal government or the city of Tampa <laughs> or the government or the uh, state of Florida. Cause I believe Ron DeSantis. Okay. Four has, things, only four yes. things. God, this, this goes right into Vince's, pet peeve list because if you haven't heard stories about Vince McMahon from other writers and people who have worked at the WWE, he hates people who sneeze. He doesn't believe in illness. He thinks it's weakness. He thinks you should be able to control your own body. Now we have a national contagion, possibly where a national pandemic where a lot of weak people are going to be sick in his eyes. And this has to be driving him up the wall up the friggin' wall that all these sick people oh i just expect him to come out in some sort of promo going we're gonna have the greatest entertainment extravaganza ever but you guys had to be sick you know he just i could just see him cutting a promo on the nation as a whole being weak because of the coronavirus the best thing that has happened for wwe's stock price right now which has been taking a beating is that Vince has not said something like that. Because let's just stop and consider what WrestleMania is. Obviously, it's the greatest spectacle of them all, the granddaddy of them all, where the stars come out, the showcase of the immortals, all that. But what it is, logistically, is people driving in and flying in all over the world to come in to a local economy, a bunch of strangers bringing strange stuff from different places. Most importantly, though, for all of these exercises, is the money that they bring in. This operation is just simply, this WrestleMania operation and all of the satellite shows around it, is simply not tenable right now when you've got the nation of Italy in nearly nationwide quarantine, when you've got Germany shutting down large parts of the country. Obviously, China is in quarantine or parts of China are in quarantine. There are Italian wrestling fans. There are German wrestling fans. Wrestling fans from Europe. People who would be thinking about coming into America to come and see WrestleMania. And the only conscionable thing for a chief executive of a company to do, given this business operation, I am aware there's a lot of money invested in it, but the only conscionable thing in terms of disease outbreak and spread to not have a class action lawsuit on your hands somewhere down the road would be to call this off, but he wants to save face. Before we get really on a roll here, because we got a lot to talk about this week, uh, we are sponsored this week by GetRoman.com. Slash VOW. We will talk about them more later, but we just wanted to give them a thank you for sponsoring this episode. Um, for me, I am 
Uh, you know, I, I think David Bixenspan had a great article in Vice this week. Our my friend David Bixenspan, um, our friend David Bixenspan, friend of the show, David Bixenspan. Uh, really, WrestleMania has has evolved into a trade show for wrestling because you have all these independent groups that a lot of people may not know of doing shows all around as well, and talent going to those shows, and really, it's a chance for larger companies to also scout that talent. Like, I think this was going to be the year. And in David's article, he makes a good point of this. This was really going to be the breakout year, I think, for Chris Dickinson on on the Indies. He had been in Evolve. He was part of Catchpoint there with uh, Jaka was his tag team partner, I believe. Um, You know, some, some of these independent wrestlers will do eight or nine shows at a couple thousand dollars for a booking fee plus any merchandise they sell. This is really, if you're talking about who it's going to hurt, I mean, look, the WWE has TV money. They have Saudi money. They have blood money if you want to go that far. They got money. Which means they can afford testing, and they can afford the medical resources (laughs) to be able to run these shows safely, whereas these independent shows, they're really going to be hit by this new price pinch. Well, also, they can afford to cancel or postpone, and they'll probably have the insurance to do it, whereas the independent promoters... Look, you're not going to be able to recoup the costs you've already sunk in there. You 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 just can't. I mean, it, it you had to pay for hotel space for WrestleCon or the venue for whatever show you're running and you know, refunding all those tickets are going to come at a cost as well. You're just that this could really hurt something like someone who's been struggling but might be like a mid-size type promotion like a Ring of Honor. This could really hurt them badly, and this could absolutely bankrupt a smaller thing like a game change wrestling or something like that. Absolutely. No, I I think that if not in the long term, because it's hard to predict, you know, six, you know, 12 months out here, but at least over the next two months, this is going to have a very acute impact on businesses and smaller businesses that involve Assembling large audiences in order to drive revenue are going to be very, very hardly hit by this. Yeah. And, you know, it's and here's the other thing with with Vince towing the line as to whether to cancel or not, because he really wants to wait this thing through and hopefully put it on. That's really what he wants to do here. He wants to see if this just blows. He's playing with fire on this, Jeff. I I mean, we have our thoughts about the way the national news has covered this, but if Vince gets into the camera lens of the national news, one, he'll love it. He'll he'll enjoy being the center of national attention, but he could become a national pariah very, very quickly with a stupid soundbite. Yeah, not just that, but but the longer he waits, the longer these other independent shows have to go, hey, we got to make a decision here. We got to know if we have to cut bait on this show, if we're going to run it or not. Because, you know, Vince doing his thing is great, but we may have to run a show somewhere else to make up the money for it or find another revenue stream or whatever. And if he waits till the last minute to postpone this thing, they are absolutely screwed. I mean, my suspicion is that a number of these smaller shows are going to end up doing the right thing here over the next few days and calling off their shows. I I, I just don't think presently there is a way forward until the actual curve of the disease seems to be flattening out and tapering downward. But right now, I think 
pretty much everyone agrees that the trend line is going to be moving up for the foreseeable future, and we'll have to see where it plateaus out, but that's not going to be by the time of WrestleMania. A little bit of housekeeping for the news. I had promised to drop the Beyond the Mat episode we did on our Patreon uh, this past week. I chose not to do it because I didn't want to add an ad read in there, so I will probably do that early this week. I figure if... God, shake them ropes or a bunch of liars. <laughs> that podcast sucks. Blame Rob. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. Rob Rob's the, the biggest, biggest liar. liar. He said he was going to eat a hat. Yeah, that guy is full He said he was going to eat a hat, and he never ate a hat. I'm actually still kind of mad about that. that. I, I want to say that that damaged the brand. <laughs> I, I believe that it, it did. That was that was permanently damaging. There was a hat eating that was promised, it, uh, even a sliv. Of, of hat. A yes. slip. Uh, just, just a tiny slip. <laughs> yes, Chris. I am most angry that my word being bond was ruined by Rob not eating an actual physical hat. Once you break the trust <laughs> with the audience, Jeff, it never comes back. It never comes back. It's about faith. It's about confidence. And Man, the audience is a sacred bond. You guys really misstepped there. Thank God I came along. Six foot four, two thirty five, and jack to the gills. Okay, uh, <laughs> but no, I will. I will drop that uh, Monday or Tuesday. If you are self quarantining, be careful. Make sure you get supplies. You know, reduce going outside. I won't necessarily become a shut in, but uh, just be clean stuff, guys. Clean, clean stuff. Clean, clean your kitchen. Make sure that uh, my biggest advice to everyone who's really worried about this: stop eating fast food right now. Cook at home. Pass everything that you're cooking overheat, but stop eating in shared kitchens, and you'll have a much lower risk of exposure. Wow. I, I, you know what? That's the opposite of the Tony Kornheiser rule. Tony Kornheiser has this thing um, where he goes, you know, once a year, I'll go and I'll get a Big Mac because everything impure in there will get into your system and build it up, build up the immunity. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about going and getting In-N-Out Burger this weekend because it'll be the last time I'll feel comfortable getting In-N-Out Burger for a long while here because of that thought process. Don't get me wrong. I like to be some junk food occasionally here, but like I think you know, the basic math here and kind of disease theory says don't eat in a shared kitchen right now. Dear Shake Them Ropes, do not give out medical advice. We aren't. We're just giving out tips. <laughs> please not, please do not take this medical advice as you would a doctor's. Uh, neither. Well, this isn't really a medical <laughs> advice. This is just a dietary tip. Four out of five. Shake them ropes. Hosts recommend. Um, and the other one's yeah, a liar, a terrible that's liar. Um, <laughs> Rob. So it's been a long week. Here's how long the week is. Elimination Chamber is still part of this week's festivities. Um, if you have not watched it, here's what I would tell you to do. Oh my God, I did watch that. <laughs> yeah, this week. see, I told. What a crazy week this has been. Watch the first three matches, then shut it off. You'll be fine. Um, I thought I thought the Daniel Bryan Drew Gulak match was fantastic. I absolutely adored it. I, I did the uh, post show over on Fightful. If you want to hear, listen to my hot takes, these are going to be tepid slash cold takes on, on Elimination Chamber. That match, I absolutely adored. I thought they beat the crap out of each other. They threw each other around. I was worried for Daniel Bryan's neck at a few points there, especially on the release German. But, man, Daniel Bryan has to have something in his contract where he goes, look, I don't need to be top of the card 
but you got to let me fantasy book what I want to do. That's a, I, that's what I was thinking is happening with the Sami Zayn, yes. Cesaro, Nakamura, Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan angle. This seems like these five guys fantasy uh-huh. angle, and they could have divvied up who's the face of the heel any which way. Hell, they might do it. You know, they might swap it around at some point. Uh, but those five guys, it's it seems like they create a little island for themselves on the Intercontinental Championship, and I'm really excited. Humberto Carrillo lost to Andrade. Great match. Don't know what the hell they're doing with, with any of these guys other than we're putting all the Hispanic wrestlers together. But it is beyond being, you know, generic and also low-key racist. It's also... It's the same match. It's the same match every damn time. But you have a guy like Angel Garza and you have a guy like Umberto Carrillo, who you and I both agree, in isolation, Carrillo... Tall, good-looking. His moves are crisp. He's got a lot to offer. He is a star-level guy. Angel Garza, similarly, different different styles altogether. You're pairing them together, and you're actually adding two parts and getting a sum that's less than the total of the individual parts. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you know, and then you add Andrade in there that who had been off TV for a another month. star. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like okay. They suspended Andrade, so they brought in Garza, but they still had Carrillo around, but they beat Carrillo, and then they let let him go away for a couple weeks, and then they bring everybody back, and now they're just kind of, they're just kind of, you know, rearranged. Oh, and we'll, we'll throw in Rey Mysterio in there, who's the only star of the group right now, because that'll rub off on all of them, and none of these guys are getting better crowd reactions. They're all like, oh, here comes flippy-doo crap that's not going to mean anything. And and the good guy's gonna the good guy's gonna lose again. That's what this is. They need a similar deal like who we we're just talking about: Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, where these five are kind of allowed to come up with a storyline that they're all kind of on board with and have some creative control over. I mean, I think the. One potential good thing about SmackDown that we talked about in the past, uh, but it doesn't always come to pass here, obviously, is that Vince is more hands-off with SmackDown, and so it seems like there's a little bit more creative control available to more people. Uh, That's what needs to happen. If you're going to keep those five together, Zelina and Andrade and Umberto and Angel uh, and Rey Mysterio and uh, occasionally Rey's kid and whoever else they might try to sandwich into there, uh, Cain Velasquez maybe, Uh, if you're going to keep them all together, somebody needs to be writing for that angle who gets the stories that need to be told. Uh, the tag team match after some rough spots there by the uh, Lucha House Party kind of got going. Otis is a star. There's no denying that. He's so fun. It, I, he's my my lady friend is unsettled by Otis, but uh, <laughs> he is a star. Just just too much man for her. What? There's a lot going on with it. It's it's high energy. I mean, you might say it's high water. That. that- <laughs> That said, uh, my favorite spot was just watching Tucker Knight do a somersault off the top of the pod because that's that's a big Tucker boy. Rules, love him. Tucker is love awesome. Him. I am a huge Tucker Knight fan. As much as we like Otis, and he's a charismatic dude, Tucker Knight is a sneaky good wrestler. Yeah, no, and he's been around. I mean, it's part of that uh, shoot nation gimmick. Before it was him and Dawkins and Chad Gable and uh, who else was in there. But they basically had all the, oh, Jason Jordan was part of that. Yeah, they had all these amateur wrestlers 
he went to Arizona State, I believe. And uh, no, I mean he's athletic as hell. He's great. I love that kid, man. He's uh, but he but he's the he's the Genetti right now, and that's an issue. That I mean, I know it really is because yeah, Otis is a powerhouse, and he's a fun character. He, you know, he's a fully formed entity. But I see Tucker Knight, and I see what we've got right now, and I still think that there's more room for him to grow. Like, we haven't hit the ceiling with I, this guy, and he needs room to run. I just don't understand not making the tag team titles part of this story. That's that's my only – I mean, I, I, I didn't mind Miz and Morrison retaining by chicanery and using the no DQ rules and all that. That was fine. But the, the focus on all this is the Otis – Mandy story with Ziggler involved. Why the heck? Why the heck are you not giving one of these teams the belts and then doing that as the mania story? If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone and computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, go to GetRoman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Once again, that's GetRoman.com slash VOW for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. And we thank Roman for their You know, support. the other stuff pretty much went how we thought it would, except, <laughs> except for Sami Zayn winning the IC title. Did not see that coming at all. Uh, but The Undertaker comes out, kills the OC, helps Aleister Black beat AJ Styles, which we thought was going to happen. Um, I There was a lot of negativity towards the women's chamber match, and I had absolutely no problem with it other than the fact that Asuka was a little too goofy. Oh, yeah, it. she was definitely goofy in it, and I thought that... The story was fine. We talked about the narrative need to build Shayna Baszler. Yes. I wouldn't have done it in Elimination Chamber. We discussed that. But they needed to do it at some point. They chose to do it in Elimination Chamber. I have no problem with that decision. I thought in terms of execution, it got draggy in the yeah. middle. Everyone no, saw what was happening. Uh, it, it, it was like... You know, let's say the movie Jaws, different plot to my version of Jaws here. We're like, the boat sinks <laughs> in the final 20 minutes, Jeff. It's just everyone in the crew. It's slowly but surely the shark comes around and eats one member of the crew. And the first time you're like, oh, that was awesome, dude. Richard Dreyfus just got totally gobbled up by Jaws. That was dope. And then we're like... 15 minutes later, you're still freaking there. And you know that this guy who's trying to swim to the shore, he's like five miles out from the shore. So there is no chance he's getting back. And then finally the shark shows up and, and you're not like, wow, that was terrifying. That guy must have been scared shitless that entire time. You're more like, cool, I can finally go out to the car. Thank God I have to use the bathroom. That was kind of my experience at the end 
of the women's elimination chamber match once we got to Liv Morgan. You know, I, we knew Liv was going to get decimated. There was sort of a fun drama to that, but those wait periods kind of dragged. Yeah, and and plus Asuka really needed to be more killer as well, but killer with an injury as opposed to she was a bit of a Looney Tunes character. Yeah, she was. She was on her. I mean, <laughs> look the 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 Kyrie saying Asuka thing from Monday night went from sublime to ridiculous to friggin' art. It is. They are now. They are now the best part of that show for me. Watching them on their whatever the hell they're doing and just having a blast being weird performance artists that they are before they wrestle. I adore it. I just, I just wanted, I wanted, In I wanted the ring, NXT. I need it to be crazy. I, I want her to, to be, be NXT. I want her to be NXT Oscar. She's not here. intense in this iteration. Yes. And, and that is the thing that's, I have no problem with She's the foppish. crazy, yeah, lunatic-ish sort of promos that they're doing. I think they're fun. Um, I, I think they're also like, it's them, you know, taking the piss out of the audience, right? Like they're making fun of the audience with what they're doing here. But I, I think in the ring, when she's waiting in the chamber with the injured hand and she's working as the de facto baby face, she needs to be staring at Shayna Baszler like, I am going to kill you when yes. I get into this ring. And Banging then on the window going, minutes, I'm getting you, yeah. When she finally gets out, she is wailing on Shayna Baszler. And then Shayna Baszler overcomes. But during this whole time... Commentary is almost kind of relieved as though order has been restored to their expectations. Asuka, this champion who held the belt for, what was it, 900 days or whatever. She's in there. She's in control of this match. Shayna Baszler's a young upstart. She was tearing apart the, the young Riot squad and even the veteran Natalia. But we're talking about Asuka, one of the WWE legends here, and we're seeing the natural order of things play out. Shayna Baszler had a good run, a respectable second-place finish, but wait... Shayna Baszler turns the tables on Asuka and dismantles Asuka. The match turns the other way, and the the announced team and the crowd are shocked by this. But Asuka wasn't in control enough to really do that final heat transfer. Yeah, uh, what's happened to her is kind of what happened to Shinsuke Nakamura, where Nakamura was a killer, and then they went heavy into the the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura type of stuff, where he had to be more eccentric than killer. It's the exact same thing with Oscar right now. And I'm, you know, I still love her to death, but it's a little disappointing to see at times. Yeah, I agree. Rob Gronkowski set to debut on SmackDown next week. Looks to be signing a contract with the WWE. Oh, oh, Mojo Raleigh. I feel so bad for you. Zicky Dice is going to file a lawsuit on Mojo Raleigh if he keeps dressing like that. Mojo Raleigh is the ugly friend everybody talks to to get with the hot dude or chick and i've been there before because i've been that guy i'm just i'm and and he's trying so hard he you know i i like mojo raleigh because the person dean uh whatever his last name is he is high achieving he, he i mean he has an mba from maryland he he he, he really, you know, busted his butt on that football team there because they were still in the ACC at the time. I remember him. Hard worker. He's one of those athlete guys who goes, I'm just going to keep working harder and they're going to notice me. And they just keep using him 
and using him and not doing anything with him. Look, Gronk's probably going to get pushed by beating Mojo at some point, much like they did Riddick Moss. And we'll get into Riddick Moss in a few minutes. But uh, any, I mean, Gronk's a guy who's had a lot of concussions. He's had a lot of injuries. I I just think he's going to have the Ronda Rousey program where he's not going to be on the road doing daily tours. He's going to be a special attraction type guy, if anything. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how they use Gronk. I, I suspect initially they might use him in a tag team until they see what they actually have there in terms of how many minutes in the ring on his own could you trust Rob Gronkowski? It seems like the most natural way to get his feet in the water is to pair him with someone like Mojo Rawley, have Mojo work most of the match, have Gronk get the glory spots, and have a big feel-good win at Mania. I, I, I wouldn't split them up initially, and depending on how much ring acumen Gronk shows, they may never get split up. I don't Gronk's, know. I, Gronk's, I a bit of a, Gronk's, Gronk's a bit of a meathead. No, no, you know, in the most lovable way possible. He, but uh, he also has something that a lot of people going to WWE don't have. He has walkaway money. He doesn't need the money from WWE. So you can't hold that against him. If he gets creatively bored or they pull this BS on him, he'll just do what everybody else does who does a couple of shots for him. He'll just walk away and say the heck with you guys. Yes, I think the first time he gets a stoogy booking on Raw or SmackDown where he goes out and has like some BS four and a half minute match, I think Gronk will be looking at his calendar and his watch and going, ah, okay, all right, interesting, that's what time it is. Uh, Rezar of the Authors of Pain tore his bicep on this past Monday night's Raw. Don't know what's going to happen with them because it's been their trend. When one of the AOP get injured, they take them both off of TV. Uh, I think think in this situation, you can hide it. You can hide this one. Yeah, I think you can. And I think just giving Seth and buddy a heavy is fine. Actually, it kind of it puts them in a holding pattern, which given the calendar might not be the worst thing in the world. You, You can just kind of. Hold the narrative arc of this Monday Night Messiah angle. I'm not in love with it, but you don't have to move anything along right now. And they're in a place where you can have most of it just be between Seth and Buddy right now and have Akum as their heavy who helps them out in matches. So with major events being canceled, we'll get to the TV of this week. Most of the WWE for the week has been at the Performance Center, both NXT and SmackDown were both from the Performance Center, one with an audience, one without. We'll it's as though the- they know they can't assemble large crowds, and implicitly, they know they have to cancel Mania. Uh, let's put it this way. NXT worked a lot better uh, doing that. We'll get into that as the stronger show in a bit. I got to rant a bit about this SmackDown. I do. Um, I understand that you that the WWE is under the gun here, that they have to adapt, that they have to improvise a bit here. But you have an opportunity here. This is an I don't know who had to make the call as to whether or not this was a live show or not. If it was Fox, then WWE adapted rather well. If WWE was insistent that they will do live programming no matter what, they're morons. 
<laughs> what you didn't like showing large chunks of elimination chamber in the i didn't of mind show? that i did not mind that actually if it were my call i would have shown the best of the elimination chamber this week and try and come up with a better strategy i agree with that than what they put on here yes. because here is <laughs> look Kids, I have a performance background, and I have a performance background where I have played shows for just the light guy in improv. I have done stand-up shows for only the bartender while everybody else went out of the room and had a smoke break. I've played for empty houses. Same, but with the guitar in my hand. They absolutely suck to play in front of. I get that. I get that. But if you're going to do a studio wrestling show, and Chris, I am here for the studio wrestling boom of 2020. Trust me on this. If AEW comes These out and knocks really it out of the park. Fun. These can be I think AEW is going to get this, and it, this is yes, going to really kick WWE. AEW has a lot smarter people who are able to have input on this. Because here is my major issue with this SmackDown show. And if you saw me basically melt down on Twitter about this, in a funny way, because I was in convulsions laughing. Chris, they shot the show like they were in a big arena up into the point where they had the performers doing crowd work. Oh, I, the, the stopping. Who who are we stopping for? Who's getting behind? Even Triple H is making fun of the absurdity of this. He was not always helping. They're cutting promos without looking into the camera. I get that you guys don't don't normally do that, but you don't have an audience there, but you do have an audience at home of millions watching this thing. Talk to us. Talk to the people who are investing in this weird show that you guys are doing right now, as opposed to pretending that we're going to lose all reality and pretend that this is a major arena where we're all in the seats. And look, there's Sasha Banks and Bailey playing to the crowd. Because number one, you're making them look like idiots by yes, doing well, that. Because because here's the thing, Jeff. We know wrestling is fake, right? We're in 2020. What? It's, it's, it's still real to me too, <laughs> damn it. But here's the thing that we expect out of our wrestlers. Whether you're watching AEW or you're watching Lucha Underground or WWE or New Japan. Within the realm that they're in, inside of the guardrails, it is all real to these characters. These characters are really experiencing this. And for them to be like looking out at non-existent audience and yes. stuff, it, it breaks kayfabe in a way that is one step further than just we, we know that they're calling spots in the corner when they lean up into each. This, this is a different level of breaking kayfabe. And I know where you're going. It makes them look like goopers. Continue. I just it makes really it, want it to make, step in on this. Because no, 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 you it's really fun. feel that with Elimination Chamber. Like, that was sort of my, my complaint about the Elimination Chamber intersplices. You'd see the show being worked in front of an audience, and it's even more jarring when you're back into the empty house, and even more so when Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak are doing crowd worky stuff. That, I mean, they're, they're having a little bit of fun with it, right? But, like, still, you're still experiencing that jarring effect. It goes to Vince. Vince McMahon's just absolute 
sociopathy to me about his product. Because we heard when they're going to SmackDown, we're going to need a more sports-like presentation. Or we're a product that can adapt to any audience at any time. Blah, 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 blah. You know what you're going to get every time? Even if there's no audience in there, you're going to get the same product. Presented the exact same way because he thinks it's superior. And it's just... And here, here was the worst part. Here was the part that drove me nuts. Nobody else can have fun with this new situation they have to play it like the straight wwe style in an arena type thing that makes them look like idiots except for triple h who is breaking the fourth wall who is making comments on it who is embarrassing michael cole he's embarrassing michael cole he's embarrassing shinsuke nakamura where he goes well after a promo like that from shinsuke nakamura how can you not have this match and it's it's he's 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 the equivalent of the factory owner's son playing on the assembly line while everybody's still trying to do a job. And it's it, it makes everybody else look stupid when the one guy who has any authority within this world, because that's how they established him at the beginning of this show, giving that, that heartfelt, hey, we're here to put smiles on people's faces. I'm the COO, blah, 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 You're blah, blah. You're about to see something really special here You're tonight. about to see something really special. Here I am to fart all over it while everybody else looks like an idiot. And also, that starts off by breaking kayfabe, too. Like, you're about to witness a show. I don't even get to enter into this in the illusion that we're watching a sporting event, which is the thing that right now, more than anything, people are looking for because there isn't sports. Create the illusion of sport. That's what TV yes. wrestling was so good at. Yeah, and, and uh, look, there's a, I'll, I'll make a couple more points, and I'll back off of this, and I'll let you go at it if you'd like. I Look, if I was Sasha Bailey... Daniel Bryan, Drew Gulak, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Jeff Hardy, or Baron Corbin, I would be furious at Triple H because I flew out here to do a show at risk to my own health in some ways, and you made me look like an idiot on TV when, when we're doing our best to wrestle in front of nobody. And keep the energy up. And God knows that's hard. I know that's hard. I I felt for them so much. And they can pretend like, hey, this is just like practice at the Performance Center when you were here in NXT. All you want, it ain't the same. Because you still have the pressure of national television on you. If I were them, I'd be fuming. Probably. I I don't know. Maybe, Maybe they're cool with this. Maybe they're just, hey, difficult situation. This is how they handled it. You know, we did what they told us to do. We're fine. Give us our paychecks and let's go. Yeah, I really agree with you on the logistics point because to just go a little bit further on that, I think going forward here until we get a better sense of what the cycle of COVID-19 is going to be, wrestlers are going to need to think about doing more traveling by road. When feasible um, and not taking flights, which is going to increase travel time, they might have to travel in pairs or something like that to make the driving more manageable. But you're also got to be thinking now about containing yourself as one of these workers because you want to be able to keep making money. And once you get COVID-19, boom, there goes your money making days. Um, So I, I certainly agree with you on that. I think the other thing that you're seeing in this TV wrestling format that really needs to be reexamined by WWE I get that WWE likes to work a quote-unquote safer style of match, but the match format is going to have to change necessarily if you're going to be doing these shows 
inside of small houses, but particularly in front of basically empty rooms. They're going to have to work a different stiffer style. The camera coverage is going to have to come in tighter to make it feel more intimate and more intense. I think you saw, I mean, you see the talent disparity too. Uh, people who have been able to work on the indies and the people who are mostly WWE products. So when you saw Daniel Bryan and Cesaro going at it, that was a satisfying match inside of an empty house given kind of my issues with the coverage and the fact that you kept seeing empty chairs and that sort of thing. Bring down the damn house lights, guys. Bring down the yeah. damn house. What? What? Why are those up? Uh, um, you could but, have told us there was an audience there, f- fed in crowd noise, turned down the lights, and we would have never known. Uh, that that would be one option too. I, I don't know that I would have gone that far. But uh, like, I'm just saying. I'm just yeah. saying you have creative options here. Don't have you, me looking at empty chairs you, while I'm watching two guys wrestle. You are exactly right on this. They need to go to probably a little bit more of an old school style because I'm telling you, if you're getting these women in there doing their dancing choreographed spots forearms kicks i i, want, I can, I can yeah. hear them calling them in the ring yep. and 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 as opposed to you know kind of you hate i hate always invoking my old school fandom but instead of calling it in the ring where you know punch kick stomp on a guy work on a body part try and get the uh you know, making it look more like wrestling, which Vince hates. So, and now I you mean, can tell stories with actual talking in the ring too. You can yes. have them yelling at each other and stuff, which is a really fun new narrative device to play if around with want, inside of this studio. You could do whatever you want here. You could you could have done what Gargano and Champa did and go all around the performance center and trash the joint because you have forty people waiting to clean it up afterwards. Uh, love that match. We'll talk about that in a second. But I mean, you have possibilities, but they're doing the same backstage segments as if, you know, I'm this just is like- a very interesting wrinkle between AEW and WWE, where we, we've talked about, you know, what do both of these organizations have in terms of pros and cons? A, a clear pro here is I just think AEW is going to be able to think much more dynamically between if AEW, the Jacksons and also now that they've got Matt Hardy as a narrative resource here, they're going to think dynamically about this yes. and maximize this. Yes, Matt Hardy's going to, I mean, if they want to do filmed segments, I mean, they can do all the being the elite they want here. If they showed up at the NWA arena and filmed a show, I would mark the hell out. I really would. I, if they did a show like NWA Power, but for AEW, in between like film vignettes and maybe the best of being the elite. They, they'd have my heart forever, to be honest with you. But uh, here's the other thing. When, whenever I tweet criticizing WWE and I tag SmackDown live, or I use the tag, of whatever show I'm watching, inevitably I get the, uh, the WWE homers who don't follow me, the apologists. And this was my favorite one, Chris. Um, I'm not going to shame the person because he was trying to make a point. He just didn't know. He goes, well, you know, Vince never really did studio wrestling all that much. He really doesn't have, uh, you know, a knowledge of how to do that stuff. Oh, no. And I went and I went, you know what? If only there were a resource that were online that possibly had the history of wrestling, including a lot of studio wrestling on it. And it were free to subscribers for the first month possibly it's too bad there isn't something like the library of alexandria but for wrestling somewhere huh. located in the country like if it was huh. in connecticut that'd be super useful how, for Vince. 
how did these other territories possibly record in these small studios before there were national arena type matches? Gosh, Chris, I just, I wish there was someplace I could go to watch that and learn from it and maybe take some notes and be able to bring that to the production team and go, Hey, here's how they did it. As opposed to say 48 cuts during a John Cena, Bray Wyatt promo where they're just talking to each other. That was insane. That was <gasps> such a gone. ridiculous like way to shoot that promo and to block that promo. To have Bray Wyatt walk through the empty cut, chairs. Cut, 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 cut. We no, need he action. walked through the empty crowd. Yes. That would have been jarring in I, I jarring quote unquote. It would have been stupid if there was a house. But it was dumb, especially in the absence of a house. He should have just walked out. And they should have just taped that entire thing, not in the ring but on the entrance ramp i just i i watched this and i tapped out after a half hour watching live and i watched it on dvr this morning so i could fast forward through all the ad breaks thank god they didn't make them wrestle through the commercials no they um, did they did they, remember there was the one point the daniel bryan and cesaro oh, match where they right. come back and they're like man you missed some great action during the commercial I'm like you goobs no 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 no, no 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 because there's, there's uppercuts there. during the commercial break Oh well, there's there's video of uh, Bliss and uh, Cross and 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 Sasha and Bailey stopping. They took five. No, they took five, and then because good. of that, because because Trips was reading the internet the entire time, which he oh, brought okay. up during the broadcast. Then Daniel Bryan and Cesaro, they actually go during the break, so we can come back <laughs> from the break to show you, Jeff, that this show they are working their asses off, buddy. This is real to them, damn it. We're gonna put smiles on people's faces no matter what, even if we just make them look like idiots. Um, no, you know it's not yeah. even about making them look like idiots. This broadcast felt dated. It wasn't even, I don't, she, I don't mind dated. I just mind. Not, not old school, Jeff, dated. Like they didn't get the time they were in and they weren't doing a throwback, but an anachronism, something that was out of step with the moment. I don't blame the talent. I don't blame the writers. I don't blame anybody. But to me, it was it's just a presentation it, thing. It was insulting to me. Well, it is a presentation thing because they just they just did it the same way they always did as opposed to adapting to the situation at hand. And it's just like that's not going to work. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit there and watch an empty arena and pretend that there are fans in there that that Sasha and Bailey are, you know, mocking on their way to the ring. Uh, let's I just talk about went, the dialogue to some of these promos. The the yes, tone, the way you're delivering the, the promos. Thing. It was right. the same, you know, they 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 actually I think they probably had this written like last Thursday or something when the, or over the weekend before they knew they were going to cancel it. So they just said, Hey, we're going to go ahead with the same promo anyways. And, and if you've ever seen a format sheet for WWE, I mean, they have the wait for applause, wait for the booze, wait for this. Here's where people will do this type of thing. I wanted, I wanted triple H to shout what at some point during a promo, just, just to make it feel like home. <laughs> Don't give him ideas. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm for that now. I'm just look if, if Triple H is going to be an agent of chaos on these shows, I'm I want him to steer into that skid, man. I'm, I just <laughs> to that point. If Triple H is going to be on these shows, and I'm not saying it has to be Triple H, one thing that these shows in the performance center or the empty arena or the studio, wherever they are, what they need is they need a commissioner figure. The commissioner doesn't have to do much other than make the matches and stuff, but they need someone to kind of be 
a near somebody with device. emergency somebody with emergency powers exactly so that they can kind of move stuff along narratively yeah. and create the engagements that this was screaming out for a commissioner where is adam pierce now you know bring him out because he's been kind of the agent on smackdown of of the powers that be and instead they they went from they went to michael cole and looked at this is the point where Michael Cole looks at uh, Triple H. Are we going to have that match tonight? And and Triple H goes, well, after a promo like that by Shinsuke Nakamura, where all Shinsuke Nakamura did was nod or something like that. I that I just I got angry at that. I'm the I'm Sami hoping- Zayn stuff was pretty condescending too. His yeah. exchange with Sami Zayn, where he basically said to the point, he's "We find being- you annoying." Yeah, he's being DX. Triple H, and uh, this isn't what this calls for. And I, this is performer Triple H. This is the nobody can get over anything on Triple H because he's the coolest guy in the room. Triple H, and I just and he also God, can I, tell his truth about you, and you can't really yes. fire back and challenge him. Uh, yeah, I think there's some weighted comments. I think some of this is more Vince's truth than Hunter's truth, but uh, I hope they adapt. I hope I hope Raw is better than this. Because I can't they're gonna have watch. real problems if it's just three hours of this. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I couldn't watch a half hour of this without going. This is stupid. This is insulting me. I'm gonna go watch a repeat of your two year now champion Virginia Cavaliers basketball team. <sighs> no tournament means we are still the champions. Um. <laughs> Jeff Hawkins always looking for the upside <laughs> of down. I want a banner. I want a second banner at John Paul Jones Arena, please. Uh, so the one thing that really bugged the hell out of me on raw Riddick Moss, your 24 seven champion has now beaten in consecutive weeks, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And that's fine. I get that. Chris, who is Riddick Moss in terms of raw cannon? What have they told us about Riddick Moss? Well, you see, he's the 24 seven champion, Jeff. I, I know that, but who is he? What 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 is he? What is his purpose? Why should we care about him? That well, he has, yeah, an, yeah, he has Riddick, a, Riddick Moss is he was Riddick's. I mean, he was Mojo Raleigh's friend for two weeks, right? And right. then turned on him. That's yeah, no, it. I, I get it. Riddick Moss is currently the twenty four seven champion, and he defends that. Uh, the way the belt works, Jeff, you see, is that it can be defended at any time, any place, anywhere. And Riddick Moss is currently that champion. I hate you so much right now. You have no idea how much I hate you for doing that bit on me. Uh, he has his old NXT <laughs> Riddick Regimen Titan Tron, which they got rid of because it was such a stupid gimmick. This is like three gimmicks ago, Riddick Moss, that they're introducing. But they haven't let him cut a they he cut a backstage promo, which is okay. But there's no video package of him from NXT. There's no you know, he's a guy here. They, they haven't made him feel important. So why in the hell is he getting all these wins when you haven't made him feel important so the crowd doesn't know whether or not to care about him or not? I don't think he's going to be champion much longer, Jeff. I, I wouldn't beat yourself too much over Riddick It's Moss. storytelling, though. It's like introducing a character halfway through a season, and then never he just shows up and he has a couple lines, and he walks off, and you go, who was that? And we go, well, we don't know. And this reminds it, me a little bit of uh, The Room, where that one guy quit midway through the movie, so they had to give all the dialogue to someone completely different. You're like, who is this guy? Why is he saying all these things now? Yeah, it's different than, say, I think it was the fourth or fifth 
season of Justified where another guy got a role on another TV show, so they had to abruptly kill him. You at least knew what he was doing there. Or Fresh Even Prince though- of Bel-Air where uh, the original mom left and they yeah. had to replace Aunt Viv with someone else. She was an established character. I mean, you know, she just slides in, you make a couple of meta jokes about her, and you move on. This is, he's been on your TV for four weeks now. And they finally got around to saying he was at the University of Minnesota on commentary. It's like, okay, there's something I didn't know about him. But if you're if you're a main roster watcher and you don't watch NXT, which is the majority of the main roster people, you're going, who is this guy? Because we've I been mean, watching anything, him for with four weeks. Moss, when you invoke the University of Minnesota thing, it makes me kind of think a little bit, do a Kurt Henning Mr. Perfect gimmick. And with someone like Riddick Moss, who is not particularly charismatic, this might not be a bad way to go. Have him be the mid-card guy, heel guy on that Mr. Perfect-like streak. See, I'm going to push back a little. I think he has charisma. He just has jock charisma. Sure. He, he, I, mean, I mean, the University of Minnesota, to me, when, when you say that, I think Shelton Benjamin and Brock Lesnar. And I'm like, hell yeah, give me a stable of those guys. But I'm never going to get it. They just bring it up to give him credibility on the air a little bit. But he has, I mean, he doesn't have flashy charisma. He has, I've worked out hard and I'm a great athlete type charisma. Yeah, he's got presence. I wouldn't yes. say he's got charisma. There you go. That's a, that's a much better word, much better way to put But But I'm like, you beat Cedric, you beat Ricochet, because as Vince has fallen out of love with him. Cedric still happy with the paycheck. Ricochet not complaining on Twitter. In fact, trying to mitigate damage on Twitter. So I think it's kind of blown back a bit, but uh, yeah. Hey, tell us a story guys. You guys make movies. Tell me a story about Riddick Moss. Well, they have chances now to make three hour epics every week on our television screen, Jeff, and I'm you sure have, they'll you deliver. Have in, hey, you know what? You have an entire film company at your disposal and a performance center with lots of venues. Go do what you were doing with NXT four years ago when it was basically a media camp for wrestlers where they could just do whatever they want on social media and have a lot of fun with it because these guys left to their own devices. If you follow most of them on social media are creative. They got ideas. Awesome. They're great. They're awesome. And then they get into they get into corporate world. And corporate goes, well, I don't understand why this would appeal to people. And you're just like, oh, God. Guys. Talk to Dio Madden. This guy will have some really great ideas during this He's period. Great. Yeah, no, he is. He's great. And he, Xavier he, Woods. Xavier has- Woods, same, same idea. Like, I, here's what I think. Um, and I think this is actually a good idea, in kind of germ theory-wise, too. They should start, you know, what we were talking about earlier, Gulak, Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, kind of break those guys off, give them a small little team where they can go and work together, also kind of contain them so that you don't have, you don't assemble backstage 50, 100 people every week. You have these smaller teams, which should hopefully kind of contain some of the backstage spread of the disease, which is going to be a shared space here. Um, I think you could do the same thing with Umberto and all of them. Um, I, I think the New Day guys, uh, them, Dio Madden, those guys seem like they have like-minded ideas with the interplay between gaming, live streaming, and wrestling. Get those guys together. Let them come up with some ideas. Kind of, and do your segments with these self-contained cells of wrestlers, I think that helps in terms of germ stuff, but I also think will make for better product that feels more real. Yeah. Uh, anything else from either SmackDown or Raw you wanted to hit on? 
Uh, n- not really. The John Cena promo, I thought, was tone deaf. Um, I, it just <laughs> it, it rang really, really hollow when he's sitting there and going like, I, can't, I overcame all of these different things. And why do you think that is, Bray Wyatt? And he's saying all of this like it's real, but the house is empty. Like, there's this big cloud of fake all around John Cena oh. as he's delivering this promo about wins and losses and how he always picks himself up from a loss. And the difference between him and Bray Wyatt is not backstage politics. No, it's opportunity. And the crowd goes, nah. <laughs> there is no crowd, Jeff. Well, I'm, I'm the crowd. I'm at home <laughs> watching yeah, it, No, I know. And, and you really have that feeling because the house is empty. He's saying all of this. And you're like, bro, this is fake. And I know it's fake because I am looking at one of the fakest presentations I have ever seen on a wrestling show right now. He is, uh, he's the Steve Buscemi, what's up fellow kids character from that Saturday Night Live skit wearing the, wearing the neon in his forties. It just looks bad. It's bad. It's my, it's my my fear of what's, what Bailey's going to become like the side ponytail at like 40 when (laughs) she's wrestling. I, I don't want Aunt Pam to be like that. Because we stand Aunt Pam here. But here's the other disconnect about that Cena promo. It happened one hour after Roman Reigns is complaining about Goldberg being a part-timer. Are you kidding me? You're going to do this whole thing about wins and losses and giving your life for this business, blah, blah, blah. An hour after Roman Reigns has basically buried people who only come in for big shows. I, I just, it, it, it was tone deaf. Yeah, no, I, they completely missed the mark with the Cena promo. He was given bad material. He didn't do a good job with it. At this stage of his career, particularly as a part-timer, John Cena just needs to come in in a suit. He looks good in a suit. Uh, he, he, especially when you watch him do all the television appearances and stuff, he looks very, very sharp. Just have him come in and look dapper. We all know he's not 20 anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, hey... <laughs> Show what you worked for. Show the wealth. Show the success. Be a big timer. Even heal it up a little bit. You know, there should be a bit of a Ric Flair quality to John yeah. Cena, or a bit of a Rock quality. Like he is a Hall of Famer now, and and when you work this hard, you have the signs of 20 years of hard work and being at the top of this business, some of which is money, but it's also respect. It's also opportunities now outside of the business. He's the finished product. And I mean, if he wants to come in and scold crazy Bray Wyatt for not rallying and and he Bray, you could be living like I'm living, but the reason you're living like you're living is because you suck. It's not the best or it's not my favorite sort of babyface narrative in the world, but I think it's a much more compelling one than what John Cena was trying to sell here. Well, a guy like Bray is smart enough where he could go, you know what? All that money has made you soft, John, and you can really Cause if you watch like the FCW uh, documentary on, on, on the network, really worth your time. Heath Slater comes off as such a, if he's not a millionaire many times over, he should be. Uh, it, it was great, but you could just see his own creativity in there, man. I mean, look, John Cena could come out and go, look at all I've worked for. Look at all this. Look at all that. You could heal it a little bit, but not go over the line. And Bray could use that as a way to fire back at him 
as he's the hungry one, because that's what this thing is about. He is the hungry one. So, you know what? You've gone soft, John. You don't have the edge you had anymore when you were here full time. You are, like Roman said, a part-timer, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it was, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this progresses. I don't know. They may be having mania in the performance center. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested to see how they adapt mania because, as we said at the start of this discussion here, it's very clear. Look, Vince is trying to hold the line on mania right now. It's a massive revenue driver for the company. It's this company's Super Bowl. It's you know their their mega season, their Christmas season, if you will. But internally they are aware that they can't assemble audiences right now it's just simply too much of a liability risk and you're not going to be able to assemble thousands if you can't assemble hundreds viewership on wednesday nights down across the board presumably because of uh (laughs) everyone's bored to jeff you can't go and watch tv well, our president's press conference on this whole thing was was at that time, so that's yeah, yeah, probably no, what caused a lot of this. That. AEW still the hotter show, in my opinion. Still, still has a certain energy to it that NXT just does not. Um, I don't know if it's the arena. I don't know if it's the brutality of it all. I don't know if it's just it feels like everything you watch is a little more important. That said, NXT wasn't a bad show this week. I liked a lot of it. I especially loved, as I said before, the Ciampa Gargano match. I love that they said, do whatever you want in this place. We got people who will clean it up. So they're putting holes in the <laughs> in the wall. They're, they're taking posters off the thing. They're doing what exactly what I would think. A, Tear apart a studio. That is what I want in studio wrestling. That is what I want in a studio wrestling when you're doing a... F- doing this kind of walk around brawl type thing Vince as opposed got to this in the eighties when they did studio yeah. wrestling in the eighties. I mean, sometimes it was you know, more troublesome or whatever, but like they understood that part of the joy of watching studio wrestling was the shock of seeing a television studio yeah. dismantled on your television screen. Yeah. Whenever anybody like killed that podium in front of Tony and David on the six Oh five, you just knew it was on. I mean, when, when suits from the back came out there, you knew things had gotten out of hand. So it's like one of those things where you know you're watching a TV show, but you know you're also watching violent men of violent means. And I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. I want the like guy from, walking up to the camera going, hey, turn it off, turn it off. No more of this. Like, that's yeah. convincing. Convincing, though. People coming like from, out from the back just from all sides. Like, whoa, break it up. Hey, turn off the camera. Turn off the camera. Go to commercial. Go to commercial. Like, if they ever did a... Uh, <laughs> a, a spot to um, memorialize something in history. I really want James Drake coming out of the ring like Bobby Eaton during those Midnight Express squash matches and coming up by him with a guy in a headlock to, to, to Tony Schiavone and like punching the guy right there as he gets him on the microphone. That's what I want. That's oh, Zach Gibson could have a lot of fun with this. Grizzle I mean, <laughs> Young Veterans squash match. Drake's working in the ring and the whole time Gibson's walking back and forth between Doing his own Drake, commentary. And then also yelling at the commentary booth. Yeah, exactly like Cornet used to do back in the day. I am so about that. But yeah, no, I I loved this this brawl. I, I, I adored it. It was just, you know, throwing the weight in the mirror, you know, getting into the, the, the meeting room and just messing that up. It felt so real. And that's what I wanted. It felt like, look, this... This stupid feud has been rerun so many times. The plot is dumb, but the but action made is it, good. 
Yes, it was so good, and I loved every moment of it. This is very much into dumb action movie for me now, and so long as the action is satisfying, I can forgive the unrepentantly <laughs> stupid dialogue. Like, I know the reason. You want to know the reason? I don't need to know the reason. I know the reason. Like, no, I don't care. Like, I don't care what like, the reason is. Just fight. On the on the main roster, you'd get these promos with uh, – uh, oh, the, 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 who was the champ on SmackDown? The guy from uh, the Canadian Indian guy. I can't remember his name right now. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. Oh, my Thank God. You. He was one of the greatest champions in this company's history. I would well, kill for another Jinder Mahal right now. And you can't even remember his name? <laughs> you can't even remember his name. I, I choose to block out his name, I think, probably. But choose he's to up remember on the- it. Etch it in your brain. Embrace Jinder. Do not hinder. Look, it, it's everything's eaten the brain at this point. But um, brainworms are real. He's uh, he's up on the Titan Tron. Hey, up here, up here. No, no, no. You can't do anything about it because I'm up here. Look at me. Those types of promos. Instead, you had Johnny looking at the camera, and Chapa just goes, "Screw this!" And he walks to the back and finds the room where he's cutting the promo. And I, just, I howled when he walked through that door. Johnny's like, "Huh." <laughs> That was my best little moment in there. I that and oh, Chris, the trash cans were full of actual trash. They had actual like coffee cups in there spilling over the floor. I was like, yes, thank you. It's not just a prop with a bunch of styrofoam in it. It's an actual real working trash can. Oh, come to daddy with this realism and give him a hug. Probably wouldn't use any more real working trash cans for the next couple of months. But I, 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 <laughs> as a general concept, I'm definitely with you. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry, my phone's ringing in the background. I can't shut it off right now. Um, I liked Keith Lee versus uh, Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes. Yeah. I wanted to call him. I wanted to call him Trevor Lee. I did. <laughs> I like it. it. It like I feel like we're caught a little bit in a loop here with David yes. Priest and Cameron Grimes and Dijakovic and yeah. I hated. I hated twisty thing where Keith sucked. Lee. Yes, I thought that was stupid. It, it didn't. It wasn't convincing. It made Keith Lee look dumb, like and a jerk. If, yes, if you want to turn him heel, I, I guess that might be what they're doing here. Okay, that's one thing. Or maybe they're the baby faces who can't get on the same page or whatever. I don't know. But it made him seem like a jerk. To your point, but even beyond that, a stupid jerk who is yeah. not aware of the physical presence difference of Damian Priest <laughs> and Dominic Dijakovic. I just can't tell the difference with who, my eyes closed. I, I couldn't tell. Can't, can't feel the difference, can't see the difference. <laughs> we replaced Donovan Dijakovic with Folgers Crystals. Let's see if he can tell the difference. I just, I, I and Beth tried to put, well, he couldn't see. Oh, really? So do you just powerbomb any guy in front of you because you can't see? I, I hated this, Chris. Wait, was it because he couldn't tell the difference, or was it because he thought Dijakovic was the one who was hit him the, with the ass? Yeah. I, I'm, like, uh, that part of it was also confused, but it doesn't really work in either direction. Who's the guy using the collapsible baton these days? Is it Dijakovic? Yes, no. If uh, he's no, known for that. That's kind of his thing. Yeah, if no, don't powerbomb. How about that? How about that? I, I just, uh, it was... <laughs> It was ridiculous after the match. Um, the Mia the, Yim and Dakota Kai finish was equally oh, as silly. Yes, I don't. I don't understand why you're not going to have. Why is Dakota Raquel Gonzalez in, not helping Dakota Kai already? 
She should be I, getting Dakota Kai decisive wins. Exactly. She's she's a <laughs> she's an incompetent bodyguard. Yeah, well, I don't understand why we've reached Albatross part of this narrative. It seems to me that Raquel Gonzalez is not really established as asset yet. I don't understand having Tegan in the match, but not Dakota, but I guess Dakota, you know Dakota's coming down to ruin it for Tegan. Yes, right. That's why you don't have them both in the yeah, match. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, this match was okay. Mia Yim has shown herself to be willing to kill herself by falling through ladders already. Um, I really like I Mia Yim. Safe. I don't like how they use her. Yeah, I, I'm... I. I think she's a better straight ahead baby face and badass. Yes, I do. I, I agree. No, I think that she actually is kind of underutilized as just compelling, tough baby face. Scrappy. Speaking of Tegan, we get Tegan Knox against Deanna Perrazzo. <sighs> Keep Deanna in your prayers. I she's <laughs> she's not happy, it looks like she's to me. not engaged, man. It's like it's not just the physical differences. I think the physical differences in this case just belie a ring style. She's not, she's not into what she's doing right now. And no, it's and and there's reasons for that, but I can't. I'm not allowed to divulge them at this time, so I'm gonna blue ball my audience a little bit. I'm sorry, but Ew. um, yeah, lies Deanna, and blue balls. Deanna's so good. We thought she might be hooking up with the Robert Stone brand because of her, her teaming with Chelsea green, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen, but we get Tegan Knox in this match with her <laughs> two reconstructed knees and God knows she's willing to take risks that make me scared to death for her, but well, it's easy to take risks when it's the other person who's going to get the knee brace in their face. Uh, that's true. Well, I mean, but still falling from no, the top of a cage true as well. yeah. with a knee brace ain't, ain't no joke. Same with a ladder week, match in a knee brace. Kind of here for Candice LeRae and Mercedes Martinez. Don't mind either of them being in a ladder match. Uh, both of them tough as hell. Uh, so that'll be an interesting... Th- th- this ladder match is going to be my most fascinating thing if it comes off. Because God knows, who knows if TakeOver is even going to come off either. If Mania's canceled. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, yeah, that would be a thing, we right? Hadn't, I hadn't thought of that until just this moment. Yeah, no, that, that I mean, they, they will have to do TakeOver in a studio. Empty Arena TakeOver. takeover. Yeah, Bring Studio it. TakeOver. I'm into that. No, I think that Studio TakeOver could be really dope. Uh, other matches of note, Chris. Do you uh, have them in front of you? Yeah, you we've got the <laughs> Tag Team Champions, the Broserweights, going up against the Undisputed Era and retaining their titles. Um, Found the interference a little off-putting because it looked like they were picking a side, and I didn't think they should be. Right. I agree. I think the Grizzly Young Veterans should hate everyone. They should hate. They should just be miserable bastards from England who hate everybody. I, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> I also think if you're starting to downcycle the Undisputed Era, the Grizzly Young Veterans need to occupy that dominant heel space in the tag team division. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think they're the guys to do it, to be honest with you. They're, they're kind I, I of not descript, but they can talk. And they're that's what you want out of a heel. You don't yeah. want them to you don't want to look at Zach Gibson and go, ah, 
he's a star in that traditional, like, let's say Tyler Bate way, where, you know, he's young, he's good-looking, that sort of thing. Zach Gibson is a star because he's a villain type of star, which means that he's just got that charisma. And he can go in the ring, and he's got the talent and stuff, but he has the ability to really draw compelling hatred, and that's super important. You've got to have the polarization, the hate on one side, the love it, on the other side. It's a diff- And it's a different kind of hate than Fish and O'Reilly bring us, kind of the super cocky jock types who are you know into their mma and as, as mark or as this Jay is irredeemable healness they're they're little they're little mouthpieces and stuff punching at their bags um right because you could see red dragon as a babyface team right because they're scrappy mma guys who like to train and that's sort of an admirable yeah. quality about fishing o'reilly even when they're inside of the undisputed era whereas gibson is like a pure heel. He wants to win and sure he works out and like he has all the tools of a regular wrestler, but none of them are presented in even a remotely twistably admirable way. Maybe you could do some sort of love of country angle with Gibson one time for one show, maybe, but his entire character is wonderfully geared for being a pure heel. Yeah, and I think British superiority on an American show, you know, you get the jingoist stuff. I'm fine with it. But there's also like that built-in American bias towards thinking all English accents have like more authority to them too, which also lends itself to heelishness. Yeah, this is more of a blue-collar British accent, which I also dig, but he's wearing the suit, which makes a cool juxtaposition. Right, and he's condescending too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raul Mendoza got kidnapped. Presumably by the former El Hijo del Fantasmo, uh, a.k.a. the former King Cuerno from uh, Lucha Underground. He's great if you've never seen him wrestle, guys. He's are we wonderful. are we getting are we getting watered down Los Ingobernables? Yeah, probably. I, I'm not. Look, uh, I love him, but given how my Lucha Underground boys have been treated on this roster, Jeff, I'm not. I'm not going into this with high hopes, and I am waiting to be surprised. Look, you give me Andrade, Angel Garza, Carrillo, Mendoza, and King Cuerno as as Los Ingobernables, and you let them play it? Like, play it to the hilt? I'm for it. I just don't have faith that WWE would do that. Much like the... Uh, much like... Um, Broken Matt Hardy was never played up to the full hilt, even though they had the rights to the broken universe that whole time. I I just, I think it's going to be another one of these, hey, let's put the Hispanic wrestlers together. They're going to be a unit, but they're not going to be really all that serious. Even though I love Mendoza and I love. uh, The one possible hope here is you move all these guys over to 205 Live and really have them be the dominant faction on 205 Live. So 205 Live is kind of like their show. They're the dominant heel brand. Because 205 Live, when it has worked as a product and has been good and watchable wrestling, it has worked with a dominant heel or dominant heel stable kind of as the overarching plot device. It's going to do it. We're going to see how WWE reacts to all this pandemic scare and possibly damage done because we don't know yet what's going to happen. Stay safe out there. We once again, thank Roman. Go to get slash VOW. 
at Chris Novembrino is where you can find me on Twitter. Don't worry.tv is the home of the greatest political podcast. Go and subscribe. It looks like I'll be hanging out here on Voices of Wrestling, but it's still a great time to go and check out Don't Worry About the Government and maybe check out patreon.com slash DWATG as well. My other show is called the All in the Family Podcast. We just dropped four new episodes, so if you want to play catch up on the All in the Family Podcast, you can absolutely do that. And of course, I'll be back here covering the return and the rise of studio wrestling and whatever comes next, because as the Chinese proverb says, may you live in interesting times. <laughs>